Hey everyone, welcome to the Live Your Best Life podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Jamison. Once a week, I'll be sharing personal health and wellness stories with you, as well as interviewing various health experts. More than anything, I hope this podcast will really inspire you on your own health and wellness journey. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen to your podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Before we begin, I want to remind everyone that Live Your Best Life podcast was created for general informational purposes only. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast. All right, now on with the show. Today, I am speaking with epilepsy warrior and ketogenic lifestyle coach, Jade Nelson. Jade is joining me all the way from Austin, Texas, via the magic of Skype. Jade, welcome to the Live Your Best Life podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you today. So I'd like to begin with a quote from one of your blog posts called Journey Out of Darkness. It reads, my work, my collaborations, and my constant study are wrapped up in epilepsy, and I couldn't be happier. I took something that was crushing my spirit, breaking my soul, and at times literally killing me, and turned it into what drives me. It started with stigma, always feeling different, constantly feeling like I was being judged on something I had no control or choice over. Many of my decisions over the years were tainted by the fact epilepsy was in the driver's seat, living 28 years in what felt like an endless struggle. I made a choice that changed it all, the choice to use food as my medicine and embrace a ketogenic lifestyle. So I chose to read that quote because I think it's so powerful and I, it speaks volumes of everything we're going to talk about today. I'd like to take a step back and talk about your journey. Of course, that involves having epilepsy. I'd like to talk about the impact that epilepsy had on your childhood growing up. Uh, share with us a bit about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, growing up with um, a diagnosis like that, it makes you feel more different than you already are as a kid. You know, you always feel like you don't fit in and I think that's something that um, I felt a lot growing up, but I chose at a very young age to to see my diagnosis as a gift and something unique and special about me. And I think that even though there were so many struggles and so many times where I had seizures in front of friends and kids and in school, and, and I know it scared teachers and um administration and friends, I, I still believe to this day from that it was, it's something, it's a gift that was given to me um, to allow me to be able to show more empathy for others and find some inner strength and growth because every time a seizure happened, 
my whole life growing up as a child, it just felt different. It would feel like a setback and I wouldn't realize it till I got much older, how much harder it would get every time would ha- every time a seizure would happen. But it's my badge of courage. That's what I used to say as a kid. Um, my mom called me her little warrior and uh, I really, really chose to embrace that and, and see that as my guiding light in essence. So to see the hope in it. I think that's such a powerful statement, seeing it as a gift, uh, that it's empowering. It uh, takes control. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is epilepsy, and so many people will say this, that it feels like you lose control over and over again in all aspects of your life. And and I know not, not everybody sees sees epilepsy or the diagnosis or the seizures as the way I see it. Um, I think that's a personal choice and people have to come to that, that, that choice on their own, how, how to find a way to accept and embrace it. Um, because I don't believe that my way is the only way ever. I just know it's the only way that I think I've made it, um, 32 years with the diagnosis (laughs) is seeing it as something as a positive. Right. Because we all have our own journey, even. Yeah people with epilepsy it's their own separate journey for sure yeah Mm -hmm. so I'm curious how you found out about a ketogenic lifestyle and the possibility of it helping with epilepsy well um four years ago I had been through I'd had another seizure and I was transitioning onto some new meds and I was trying out generic after years of never using generic and the, the brand of medication was making me violently ill on many levels. I was losing weight and I was sick to my time and I had brain fog like nobody's business. <laughs> so um, it was very um, hard to function. And I was on the phone with my sister and she had said to me, um, you know, have you thought about the ketogenic diet? And still at that point, I still, it was still uh, promoted as something for children, um, for children in pediatrics, for uh, intractable epilepsy. And it wasn't something that was encouraged or or pressed upon adults at all as an option. So I at first was like, no, that won't work. And also I was not eating dairy. I was not eating a lot of things that a lot of people eat on a ketogenic diet. But at that point, I was um, at my my rock bottom, I guess, and I had to make a choice. And the choice was, what's the worst that can happen? I can try this and it doesn't work. And that is how I started out on a ketogenic diet and ended up going nearly four years without a seizure and improving my life um, immensely on many levels uh, just by choosing to be more conscious of the food I was putting inside my body every day. Now let's talk a little bit about your medications. Mm-hmm. How long were you on medication for? How many types of medication yeah. and how has that changed? So yes, that's changed. I, I always like to tell people offhand, I'm still on one medication. I haven't been able to get off all of them. Um, but 
I've been on a total of 10 different medications in my lifetime uh, with this diagnosis. And when I went on the ketogenic diet, I first spent the first two years really, you know, dialing in the diet. And I was able to come off one med, Zonagran, the one that I was trying to get onto that was causing so many problems. So I came off of that one within a few weeks, um, month at the most. And then about two years later, I I came off Finpat, a medication I'd been on um, since 20, 2012. So uh, I was. it took me almost 18 months to come off of that, uh, but I did. And so I stayed on Garbitrol, which has been able to help mostly control my seizures. But um, um, six weeks after going off the Vimpat, um, I did have a seizure for the first time in almost four years. So um, I had to add back in CBD oil and I didn't go back on Vimpat. So currently I'm on a little bit of CBD oil and my Garbitrol and, and the diet. So it has, as you can see, it's a, it's a combination of many things to, to find this balance and control with, um, with epilepsy. And I think it's that way with, with anything. There is not one yes. fix. It's, it's, a, it's a whole lifestyle encompassing many things. Yes. And I think that that's the big thing that I learned after these last two seizures, because I did, I was at a point where I actually believed I would probably never have another one, but life happens. Uh, epilepsy happens <laughs> and it <laughs> happened. <laughs> and so it's what you do after that happens. And I, I was, I bounced back so much better than I had ever done in the past. And I realized after those seizures that it isn't this awful ending. It doesn't mean everything I've done for the last four years was a waste or any of that. It's the realization that, yep, epilepsies here with me. Yes, they're in the passenger seat. And yes, they're going to push their way forward and try to get into that driver's seat. But I can continue to try to maintain um, some semblance of balance and wellness and just live my life. And that my diagnosis will always be a part of my life. And it will sometimes rear its ugly head at times. But that does not mean to give up on what I've built upon so far, you know, and know that, no, I'm probably not going to have a quote unquote cure and that I'm not going to have the answer that makes this all better, but I can have a lifestyle that allows me the ability to function and live and, um, and thrive. I think that's so important. And yeah, it's not about a fix or a cure. It is an ongoing journey and there will always be fine tuning and changes. Um, (laughs) But even though it's not a cure, let's, let's talk about how the diet has changed your quality of life. So you were able to come off some medications and you went four years without a seizure. And yeah, you did have a seizure, but you mentioned recovering quicker from that seizure. I think that's huge. Yeah. And it's people always like ask me that when, you know, they see stuff I post on social media, because I talk a lot about bouncing back quicker and people are like, well, what does that mean? So before I was really focused on my eating and my lifestyle stuff, I would be basically out of commission sometimes for weeks at a time. 
um, after the seizures, I would have still have breakthroughs, you know, like small auras and different things that did not happen this time. Um, it was, I had the seizure happened. I ended up, I was on vacation. So I had some downtime to rest. Um, I incorporated the CBD back in, but what I noticed quicker is my cognition didn't falter. I wasn't as forgetful. Um, and the biggest piece, and this is going to be, I don't know, so hard to explain, but it goes back to the actual seizure itself. When that seizure happened, and I, I'm, a, I'm one of, I like to say lucky ones where I have a 10 minute aura before the seizure comes. So I can put myself in a place that's safe. And, but when I was sitting there waiting for it to go full blown, uh, I wasn't scared for the first time and I wasn't afraid and I didn't feel like my life was falling apart and I wasn't crying emotionally like I used to. It was like, this is happening. It was kind of more matter of fact, this is going to happen and you're going to get through it and life is going to go on. Um, and that I believe was a huge piece of that existing and happening is because of my diet. Think about it. I don't have sugar and I don't have all these stimulants in my diet that kind of screw up all your central nervous system. And then you throw a seizure on top of it and it causes it more haywire. I didn't have all that junk. So my body was able to process, I think quicker and heal a little bit better. I don't know. That's my thought. <laughs> It makes total sense to me when you say it, because from my own personal journey, when I went on a low-carb ketogenic diet, I didn't even realize that I had mood swings or agitation and other things until I took those things away, and all of a sudden, I was calmer more of the time. And so the sugar and everything, it, make, it makes total sense, and like you say, throw in a seizure and that just tips everything over. Mm -hmm. So I would like to talk specifically about what your diet looks like. What is working for you right now? Well, um, you like you say, there's always these tweaks and changes to it, right? So um, I've done a lot of changing. So what, what I am doing right now is very different than what I was doing six months ago and probably what I'll be doing different six months from now. So if someone's listening to this months from now, it may be different than what I'm doing. But currently at this point, I have done some uh, testing around supplements to make sure all of my levels are good and to be able to properly supplement better. And then also I've done um, some food sensitivity tests and I've eliminated certain foods from my diet for a time now to see if it will benefit me like physically, uh, also seizure activity wise and just overall like calmness. So I, I have cut out basically all sweeteners, even the keto approved ones. I don't use any of that stuff. I, um, I cut out eggs for, I've been on six weeks without those. So and chicken and I could go down a list. There's a cup and nuts and a lot of things that people think about as a ketogenic diet being in the diet heavily and being used. So I've also removed dairy and I just recently a week ago incorporated that back in very slowly just with two tablespoons of heavy cream. So my diet, if, if I were to say to you all, what am I eating? Um, 
I usually have some kind of fat tea in the morning that has either coconut cream or, or some heavy cream. I do use ghee in that to get the fat and MCT oil. I use that quite, quite a bit um, more than most people. And then I do, I'm a two meal a day person. Um, so I do like this, this afternoon I had bacon and avocados and green olives with a fat tea. And then um, tonight I'll probably have some ground beef that has liver in it and um, probably drizzle some MCT oil on it and cut up some avocados with it. So something like that. Does that, does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. It sounds like you really do focus on, on the healthy fats, on incorporating yeah. a high level of fats yeah. in your diet. Mm -hmm. I do. I do. And it's more than, you know, because you have, you have a ketogenic diet now where people see there's all the mainstream information about it and it's all great. But then when you're doing it from a therapeutic uh, standpoint, um, the fats uh, tend to be much, much, much higher than, um, than someone who has goals of just kind of like fitness or weight loss. So I sometimes am taking anywhere from 180 to 200 grams of fat. So that's almost like, I don't know, 85% of my diet is fat-based. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I also really can appreciate what you said about uh, doing an elimination diet and food sensitivities. Uh, again, I went through a similar experience myself where when I started on the ketogenic diet, I was eating everything prescribed in that diet and all of a sudden the eczema on my face was breaking out more and I was having some other issues and my I went to see a naturopath and they suggested an elimination diet that uh, they thought I had inflammation building up and sure enough dairy was a huge trigger yep. for me so I, I say I'm ketogenic but also anti-inflammatory I try and cut out specific foods as well. Definitely I love that anti-inflammatory because that's like the biggest precursor for so many issues is is inflammation in the body you know yeah and I I'm a big proponent of elimination diets I think if everyone was to do an elimination diet properly and they could solve a lot of their health issues and some that they may not even realize are that health they issues they think they think it's just normal for them exactly and it's and it and the elimination diets are you have to have patience you know, um, with them. Um, cause you know, you incorporate stuff back in slowly, but you only want to incorporate one thing, not all this stuff because it'll be confusing figuring out what your triggers are. It's, um, yeah. And I think a lot of people, um, that the patience part is hard. <laughs> Absolutely. It definitely a lot of patience <laughs> and you have to time it well. You don't want to time it around Christmas or somebody's wedding yeah. or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how important is self-care to you and what kind of role does self-care play in your life? Self-care is, is really huge to me. It's um, basically my, my foundation of, uh, because I didn't start using diet till much later after my diagnosis. So I was on medication and my mother taught me all about self-care. I, I always tell people it's funny because she taught me before the term self-care was even coined so and became popular. Um, so I, it's my foundation. It's, it's the very thing I understand the most and how to incorporate 
the four branches and understand that it's overall care. So I'm very um, meticulous in what I do in the mornings and in the evenings. And I have certain routines I do to create that balance and that, that calm in my body and brain. And then when I added the ketogenic diet into my lifestyle, um, it only heightened that self-care and made made it possible to dig deeper into other aspects of wellness and self-care um, that I couldn't do when I was just so clouded with so much medication. So it's my cornerstone. <laughs> so you mentioned routine and yeah. I'm always curious about people's morning routines specifically. If, uh, if you have like certain things that you do every morning, I think how we start our day can really set us up for having a good day or not. So are there specific things that you do every morning, non-negotiable? Yeah, pretty much. So I do oil pulling every morning in my mouth. People can look up what oil pulling is. There's plenty of information out there. So I do that. Um, I, I basically in my house, when I get up, I immediately go out and start, I have uh, diffusers for essential oils and I use combinations of uh, lavender and uh, clary sage and different things that the central nervous system. So I turn all that on in my house first thing in the morning. And then I, first thing I do before I even walk my dogs is, which is part of my self-care, is I have a specific uh, exercise routine I do a certain yoga I like to do and a meditation. And I try to incorporate at least two of those things before I take the dogs for a walk. Also part of my morning routine is getting out and walking um, toward east, towards the sun where it's rising so I can get the sun on my face and I do not wear sunglasses so I can, it can help benefit my circadian rhythm and help with better sleep. Uh, so I do that. And um, also part of my routine is checking my glucose and ketones every morning and taking the supplements that I need to do. Uh, yeah, that's basically how my morning starts. <laughs> I, I love the part about walking east and specifically getting sun on your face because it is so important to get mm -hmm. that natural sunlight first thing yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So. I personally can't even begin to imagine what it is like to be given a lifelong diagnosis such as epilepsy. How have you come to terms with that? And how do you find acceptance and understanding living with that diagnosis? Well, it's, it's definitely a lifelong journey because I've, I've it took me um, almost 30 years to actually fully accept um, what happens and why, you know, and the way my life is and that I, I can't make it go away. It's just, it's the way it is. And I think it's like a grieving process. Um, and there is no, you know, set one, two, three, you know, you do this and you accept it because you also have to factor in the fact that you go seizure free for long periods of time. And then you have a seizure and it's the grieving process will sometimes start over again in the sense that all this time that you had seizure free and all these things you accomplished, they kind of get, you know, put to the side so you can heal. So the acceptance part of it is just time and understanding my limits. I think that can be for anybody if they're trying to accept something, understanding your limits 
finding where what you know you're capable of doing and respecting your body enough to know when to slow down and to know that you aren't going to be like everybody else. No normal is overrated and uh, that you just have to be patient because you have all these other amazing things inside you that you're capable of doing and just because you can't do what John or Sally over there can do because they don't have a diagnosis doesn't mean you can't accept where you're at and what you have to offer in the world. So Normal is overrated. I love that. That's going to be my <laughs> new mantra. <laughs> I, uh, I also, well, I think the analogy you made of it being like a grieving process is very accurate and, and helps other people relate because when you lose a loved one, you can go a long time with being okay and not being sad and not thinking about them. And then you drive by a restaurant that you went for lunch with them one day and it brings back a memory and things will hit you unexpectedly that you're not thinking of, just like a seizure can hit you yeah. unexpectedly. Yeah. And then it's like after that seizure happens, you're processing through it and you think you're okay sometimes, but then these moments happen where you're like, yeah, my life kind of sucks right now. I can't drive and I can't do this. And, but knowing that it's temporary, it, it isn't forever. Nothing is, you know, yes, the diagnosis may be forever for your lifetime, but. So part of seeing this diagnosis as a gift, you mm -hmm. coach others in a ketogenic lifestyle, you speak at many events. Mm -hmm. What is it like to be able to connect with so many people and help change their lives? That is a gift in itself. <laughs> um, I feel really lucky to be able to do that. It's, it makes me feel like if I were to talk from the I place, but I feel like it gives me and everything that I've gone through it means something to be able to share that with someone else and help them not feel so alone in the world. So it's, it's creating space for other people and an opportunity for them to share and to relate. And I guess in doing it, it, it makes me feel less alone in the world with a diagnosis. And by sharing, I'm letting others know that they're not alone either that they can, they can find their way, whatever their way is, you know. Connectedness is so important for all of us as humans. We, we need that so badly. Yes. Yeah, more so now, I think, than we ever have. So the world is a different place. It really is. We have the ability to connect, and yet we're more isolated. Correct. Social media has been an amazing, beautiful thing, but it's also made some people feel less alone in the world too. So it's like trying to find the balance of both, you know, and see the benefit and the beauty and all, but finding that true human connection. You look back on those moments that were extremely hard and realize how truly strong you are when you get on the other side of it. I'm search I'm still looking and figuring it out to, to this day. I think I'll spend my rest of my life figuring it out. <laughs> I think we all will. Yeah, it will never end. So you also run a couple of online programs, the Brain Plan and the Self-Care Challenge. I'd love to hear what those programs are all about. Yeah, we actually, I added a new one too on um, oh. managing anxiety and depression, um, a challenge group as well. So the 
the brain plan is um, all about anybody that wants to find benefits uh, to improve their brain. So a lot of people don't know that the ketogenic diet also improves brain function and moods and all that stuff that we've kind of already mentioned. But this this group I run is eight weeks. I run it with um, another co fellow coach named Kimmy, um, who's a clinical nutritionist. And we basically take people through an eight-week program on how to start a ketogenic diet. We talk about self-care management. And we've also added a bunch of new things in um, when we launch it again in, in January that talks about medical management, labs, how to communicate with your doctor. Um, so I, I like to gear it like to people with neurological conditions, but it can be beneficial for anybody that wants to improve brain health. So we do that and it's been pretty fun. We've run two groups so far and it's, it's been life changing for me as much as I think the participants. Um, and then I also do the self care challenge, which is a shorter type of group, which is for four weeks. It's a challenge and we actually have challenges over the four week program. We run two Facebook lives in there. Um, we do a bunch of different information. It's all provided through a Facebook group. And I run that with another coach who's a nutritional therapy practitioner and also a yoga teacher um, named Mitzi. And she, she's she been great and beneficial. So together we teach people how to build a self-care plan because I think a lot of people understand physical and they understand, you know, nutrition mostly, but they don't understand the other aspects of self-care and how that can heighten and elevate uh, your overall wellness. And that one also will run in January. But right now, we are doing a challenge um, called man Managing Anxiety and Depression. Kimmy and I are doing that. And that's a four-week thing on how to use the ketogenic diet to manage anxiety and depression. And we also, as always, incorporate self-care stuff because, you know, you got to do both. Brings about a um, overall wellness that I think does more than just how we eat. So, yeah. That's so exciting. And it really sounds like you're educating people primarily to be advocates for their own health. How important is that, do you think, yes. to advocate yes. for your own health? I think it's huge. And that's like, people always ask, what do you do is what I do. I, I want to empower people and educate them to take control of their own health, to make these decisions, to gather the information and then make the best informed decision for themselves. Because that, that is part of your acceptance of a diagnosis and understanding your health and wellness. When you feel empowered and you feel strong about what you're doing and your decisions, no matter what happens, you feel like you have some form of control. That was advocating for yourself is a, one of the best forms of having control in an uncontrollable world and an uncontrollable diagnosis. So, yeah. I couldn't agree more. So, Jade, where can people find you online and on social media? Um, you can find me both on Facebook and Instagram at The Train Inside Me. Um, you just kind of type in the train inside me. Also, I have a website, um, and that's jadenelson.net. And you can find all kinds of information and blog posts and resources um, around ketogenic diets, brain health, and epilepsy there. So, yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, I hope everyone will look you up and I think all the information you have, it can be helpful for a lot of people. Like you said, yeah. not, not just specifically people with epilepsy, but brain health, it affects everything. I know so many people who have histories of uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. It's all brain health related. And the more yeah. we can take care of our brains now, the better for sure. Oh, definitely. If we get ahead of it before we're older and we're starting to have problems, it's it's the now, the here and now that we can do. Definitely. Yes. And that's the empowerment, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, Jade, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. I think your story is so inspirational and I just commend you and how you are helping and inspiring others and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Kathy. You too. I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. Come back next week for more health and wellness tips, advice, and stories. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you really enjoyed the show, please give a review on iTunes, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, Share it on Instagram. Tag me at Kathy underscore live your best life. See you next week.